You are listening to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hi. And Mike Connolly. Hello. We are traveling back in time to 1985 to discuss Ferial Confines, the full use of nothing. Uh, a record that I would describe as, uh, I mean, we've talked about this before, I think, these sort of, like everybody, everybody I knew had it maybe in the in the early 2000s. It got reissued on LP by Fusetron in 1999 with a nice remaster. And, you know, previously fairly unavailable to the point where there's not a photo of the thing of the cassette version on discogs i think (laughs) i I have no idea what the cassette looks like (laughs) yeah yeah which yeah there's there's we couldn't find any any info it's impressive if you've got this cassette send a photo to or send us the cassette gang at noise extra.com yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) just send it right along (laughs) but this was uh yeah this is sort of a touchstone release for me i know uh getting into this stuff and and hearing the sounds and composition on this certainly changed the way I thought about noise and how I knew how to interface with it. And, uh, it's time, it's time to discuss this great, great album by Andrew Chalk, who of course works with Christoph Heeman as mirror and has collaborated with, uh, the new blockaders and organum nurse with wound and got too many to really list. I think here, there's just a lot of Andrew Chalk out in the world. Yeah. I'm, I'm, Really excited to dig into this album as well. But before we do that, Gray, what have you been listening to? I got a pack in the mail from Cloyster the other day, and it had the latest subclinic cassette, Neuroschism. And I have played this thing like 10 times. Uh, Pulversive might be my favorite track with that just like crude simple drum machine and it gives me sort of spk vibes uh weird sounds happening around a kind of static rhythm and i i love it and then of course the other tracks on the tape are more in the subclinic vein of miserable droning death industrial samples but really evocative and and really good it's one of my favorite things i've heard and you know he's been around since the 90s and we we did one of his seven inches uh, like uh, way back when I think uh, for the Patreon, and just all the I, all the new subclinic tapes continue to excite me, and this one is no different. So that was a uh, really highly recommended, and of course we'll link in the description so you can all hear it because it's on Bandcamp, and we'll have to do a full we'll have to do a full subclinic episode at some point for sure. Oh yeah, I've got that uh that cassette double cassette on Slaughter which could be worth the digging into. I think it's been reissued a couple hey, times, hey, hey. so mm. not not hard Speaking to find. Our language. Of course, also from Cloister, the latest from Serration Rites of Flesh and this one is also just fantastic if you like Serration's blend of heavy electronics and you know, modern militant PE vibes, uh, really good, really dense, layered, nicely composed, well-produced, just, yeah, right in the pocket of what I like and what I expect from Serration. So very, very exciting to hear new stuff from them. And of course, 
if you haven't picked up the Chondritic CD, are they still available? Mm, or, that is or sold just a, out. So, well, you can at least, well, at least get the uh, get the get the sounds on the Bandcamp. So rumor has it uh, they're working on something new for me. So whoa, yeah. and two tapes already near and dear to my heart. The latest offerings from Initiation Services, Overload, Brainwasher, and Eroticism once and again. Overload is back with uh, more power, more classic 80s PE. Recommended if you like Great White Death. It's probably the easiest way to put that <laughs> for that one. And Eroticism will touch on, I think, your MB Funny Bone, along with some... Uh, subliminal sample work to get you in the mood. So two new tapes from uh, initiation services. I think they're both sold out though. So Bandcamp it is. And well, I, I heard that total black uh, is going to be having copies. Yeah. Oh, right. What about you guys? What have you been listening to? Well, Hey, look, well, well, Hey, look first, before we say what we're listening to, I realized we talked to you last on seven inch Sunday and we haven't had a proper regular um ferial weekday uh like welcoming back of gray oh that is true so i just want to say gray we missed you we did listen to hive mind so that we felt that you are with us uh and we are absolutely thrilled um to see your face through the screen once again thanks it's uh absolutely it's very nice to be back uh, I wish the circumstances of my leaving were better, but uh, that's life. It eats you up. It really does. Mm -hmm. And it has just been, look, it's been a very tough week in many ways. And so sonically for our listening has sort of been to offset that. And so we have been listening to a lot of ambient music here, which actually is pretty fitting leading into the Feral Confine album as, as Andrew Chalk's work would go on to be much more in the just directly ambient vein. So we've been listening to a lot of Andrew Chalk mm -hmm. material over on his band camp. We're just yes. going to link the whole band camp. Pretty much anything on there uh, if you're in the mood for some just filling up the room with with an atmosphere. That's it, That's going to be... You can really just pick and choose there from... Pick and choose a title you like. Pick and choose a cover you like and just go from there. So it's been a lot of that. We've also been listening to a lot of the pop ambient comps. I know we, we've mentioned a lot of those before, but oh, those are again, kind of classics in my they're mind. Classics. Oh, they're hey, classics. They're classics. And we'll I'm telling you, pop ambient any and day. what I actually really like on the, on the band camp is that on, when you get them on the band camp, they have the album, like the tracks. And then the, the last track is the album again. It, it just is one long track. So you, it, which is kind of the way to do it, right? You're like, just let this go for just hours. Oh, like, that's a oh great is it idea. going again? Yeah. Oh, I bet it so is. So we've been doing a lot of that yeah. just to sort of offset, you know, the world. And, and in addition to that, it's been a lot of field recording action. So Eric LaCasa threshold of stones has been, mm -hmm. uh, you know, great, a great one to set the atmosphere inside. But, don't think that it's only that because also offsetting the world means you need something in the red. And that's when you put on Hey Sissy. 
by Richard Ramirez. And that's oh man, I love I love the ones because that's ones that he's there's vocals on that one, kind of like rodeo. Yeah, it's good. And it's good. and and I keep my stuff inside. Now again, when we talked to him, he said it's not always his vocal. Sometimes it is other people. I do feel that these are him. Uh, I do. I feel like rodeo is him, and I I feel like hey sissy is him. And yeah, that's you know. Once a couple of hours of ambient music, you need something to just kind of kick things kick things open. Any Richard Ramirez is going to be okay, but this week's been hey sissy, it's invigorating. Oh, yes. and that small cruel party. Oh, oh my god. So okay, so this has been exhilarating for me. Yes, because there's this thing that happens on. Um, I don't remember what the, even the so track it, title the, is. It, so the 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 album is resin parched and cathonic, mm-hmm. and oh, it's an yeah. old tape. Oh, yeah. it's dude. an old tape. Uh, but you you can also pick it up on a yeah. band camp. Obviously, I did uh, several band camp days ago. I, I have that one. It, it's excellent. Dude. When it has that airplane taking off feeling where it's just ramping up and ramping up. Ah, that like that is such a perfect sound for me. I could listen to that for hours. Yeah, uh, it's so good. It's funny, you know, with with that and with uh, as I think you're going to mention in this feral confine, there's this subtle building of tension that is mm. and pressure that is sort of almost indescribable it really does it like like you said like an airplane like the pressure building the noise is getting louder but it's not obvious like i would say that this is actually a fairly subtle and delicate record while being a total racket and mm-hmm. i i i just love that quality of it like that's you know saying it kind of fits in an ambient realm and i think it could especially because yeah, going on to something like Mirror, where like you're just getting a zone, or you know Andrew Shock's later solo stuff, building melodic and textural layers, and this is a certainly a much earlier and cruder approach to that. Yeah, and this is it's such a a cool, you know, yeah, 1985. You know, this is 1985, and so we know we know this isn't pedals. You know, we know this is this is organic noise you know and you know fusetron reissuing this in 99 you know they were you still you know fusetron of course still still around obviously support and order from from fusetron but i especially at this time they opened me up to a lot of this sort of noise right like this yeah like the sort of when you want when you're searching for more than mersbaum and masana and and you're sort of figuring out all the different branches and layers and Fusetron sort of had this, you know, this, you know, the strange sort of unclassifiable sounds of noise. And this is definitely that. I mean, I think Terry, you even said at one point when we were listening to this, you said something like, you know, this isn't wall, but it kind of is a wall, but it's, but it's not. And it's weirdly mid-paced. Right, right. Like, it's chaos, but it doesn't seem super destructive. It's, right. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, we'll have to talk about it, but I, I will say, I even had to flip my page over I wrote so much. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of notes uh, on this. Yeah, I don't even, I don't even know where to start with the notes well, I took. Much <laughs> like this album. I, th- well, I feel like my notes look like this album. Well, you know where the best place to start is? The introduction. Man, this just fires it right off. So, Quick note for reference, the CD reissues that Siren did in 2013 have track titles, introduction, and then parts one through six. Uh, the original cassette 
per internet research, has different track titles, which is Introduction, Phase 1 through 4, The Full Use of Nothing, and then an Untitled track. So that is actually how we're referring to them on this yeah. because I mm-hmm. like it more than just parts one through six. And it's that simple. Uh, the LP itself is two sidelong cuts, but uh, there are all of this, all of this audio on it as well. And uh, yeah, no real way of knowing without an original tape exactly how that should be. But introduction, no matter what you think, starts this off. And uh, the first words I wrote were astronomical power. It it just comes in from the stars and it really is, you know, uh, to coin a phrase from current 93, uh, the great in the small, right? Mm -hmm. Like, absolutely. There's, there's, it's so loud and so huge, but so minute and, and minuscule. And there are three projects that I think of when I think of this record and is those three projects at the same time that I would describe this as to like, if we weren't doing, you know, an actual discussion of it, but I were just telling someone to buy it in a record store, which I have Mm -hmm. done numerous times. (laughs) (laughs) The haters, Maurizio Bianchi and the new black haters. And of course, I mean, there you go. It has all of these tones, sounds, vibes, feelings of those projects, but it is uniquely its own thing. And the racket of the black haters is present. And the, tonal misery and one of the things that I absolutely love in some MB stuff is that infinity delay where it just replicates itself forever until new layers are piled on and you've already forgotten what was out at sea and this has that and the, just the the breaking stuff the sound of things breaking from the haters you're getting all of that here and I can't tell what's going on. I, In reading an interview with Andrew Chalk from ND Magazine, he mentions that a lot of this was uh, sort of field recording, right? And it, it, sure, field recordings, but layered, pushed, processed. Uh, there's definitely some sped up tape, maybe played back on fast forward and then recorded and fast forwarded again. Everything's got this. It moves slow as molasses while there's also this lightning speed of garbage train running through it. And God, I, I can't get enough. Yeah, it's it's like warping space or a distant galaxy yawning or black wings flapping at dusk. The thing is, yeah, it's it's ascending and descending and staying in the middle all at the same time. So so it's just this constant chaotic motion and i think it's just about how you view it or how you listen to it or your frame of mind whether or not it's ambient whether or not it's harsh because it feel like it could go either way yeah i i found myself like it took me a minute i was i was kind of stunned when we started the album um and and i didn't really write notes for track one and two because i was just kind of trying to figure out what it was I was hearing. You know what I mean? It was that it's that thing where you could just, you could just like 
turn your brain off, zone out, and just be absolutely content to experience all of these things going. And it's not dull because there's so much happening simultaneously. But at the same time, you don't know. It's so obscure. Everything is obscured. Um, and, it, and it's so it's so unique, especially this album. The that that pacing of that mid range, not slow, not too fast, chaotic. It never explodes. Um, it's, it's just so unique. I, I, I truly enjoyed this. And, and again, like by track two, I, I said, uh, it's like the first note I wrote is like, Oh, haunted swirling and hums. Yeah. I mean, that's, (laughs) that's absolutely. And, and, and how the, you know, really, especially the first side, uh, if you're, if we're looking at the LP or however it's divided up. You know, there is a continuation into each track. I mean, there's a continuation that goes through the whole thing, but I think especially, you know, on the first side, I think once you flip it, there mm-hmm. is some things sort of go away, but there's these squeals that are, they're, 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 they're notes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they act as notes in a way. And I was refrains. hoping Gray was going to be like, I know exactly what this is. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I, I hear, I hear sped up tape. I really, that's, yeah. that's yeah. a big part of it is record something, play it back faster, maybe record it and play it back faster again. It, it you, there's the, the tone of it, because it's like feedback and it sounds like, like tumbling glass or something. And there's mm-hmm. like, especially on, on the second track phase one, there's this like whipping loop of like a feedback squeal and the, this droning and vibrating churn. It's not bass, but it's, it's lower. It's in the lower register than the rest of it. And I just hear tapes at, at every speed happening and it's impossible to pick apart distinct elements. And I think that's one of those things that I really love about eighties noise and especially eighties UK, like cassette culture noise. When we're talking mm-hmm. about something like broken flag or uh, the, you know, this kind of thing, it's indiscernible at times when there's all these layers of stuff going on, what's there, what was in the recording, what, what was being played back, uh, in the mix and what was re-recorded with other sounds added and it, everything had, takes on this sort of new fidelity and gets mixed together. And it's, it's confusing. Uh, and well, it, by the time we get to phase four of jumping ahead, I, I was just like inspired. I, mm-hmm. as much as I was loving every second of this record, I wanted to get up and go make noise. Like this is an inspirational record to me in terms of, the sounds, the vibe, the technique, trying to figure it out, trying to think of things that I would do to achieve a sound like this, trying to think of different things that I could do that would not achieve this sound, but would be interesting. And in the same vein, like, Oh, well, I don't know what he's using, but I think if I did this, it would sound cool. Like even that, it just fuels ideas. And that's something that I pull out of this chaos. And this is, it's, it is chaotic. It is sort of constantly changing and in movement. And you're right. It's mid pace, but there's stuff that's going too fast. And there's also like, especially later as it gets on. And I think things are revealed a little more as we move towards the latter half, there's slow things happening too, that, Mm -hmm. that with all the fast stuff, it's easy to lose pace. But if you sort of let those become the atmosphere and this thing is dripping in atmosphere too, there's so much. Yes vibe to each track and it's not like add some reverb there's 
dead empty space and something beneath whatever you're hearing. It's not a, nothing is monotonous in, in the track phase two, the, there's this sound that starts to extend and there. this this lower sound, right. That starts to sort of just like flood in to the track. And then again, the squealing is becomes this sort of orchestra. And then it's just sort of mutating on top of, of each other. And, and the tapeness of that actually brought me to, uh, an episode we did over on the Patreon a few weeks ago, the uh, Capote Music 7-inch that was used, made with a broken tape player. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and, I was and, hearing... And it had that broken tape player, right? I was hearing, like, possible tape motor, tape... Like, thinking of that Capote Music yeah. as well, it's could be the sound of a machine dying. That machine could be a small battery-operated tape machine. Like, I don't know what exactly is at play, but yeah, you said orchestra and i think i even wrote junk orchestra in one of my notes uh that's later on though because it becomes more of a sawing bowing sort of scraping and slightly rhythmic affair as we move through a little more but it is utilizing this garbage in a in a strangely noisily symphonic way i mean even the new blockaders right symphony and x major and right you know you have these these titles that are referencing this stuff. And I think we can see that here of like, he's conducting his tapes and his sources to make this, this din and this racket. And actually one thing about uh, the Trek phase two that I like is, you know, we get the channels flipped a bit. Normally we're used to hearing the, the tape squeal stuff in one channel and the kind of heavier dronier stuff in the other. And they, they switch the stereo on it and it's a simple trick, but it, it just works perfectly well totally it's surrounded and and i think that as it progresses you know everything starts out feeling so well for me it was it was extremely abstract and then as we move through the tracks the pictures started to form like you know the even the spinning of the the cassette wheels or the moving of the tape made me think of like pushing a rickety junk cart up a mountain and just the absolute struggle and then once you get up there there's just some strange person who just starts throat singing and then you roll back down, you know, like it's, it's just a, a rickety, crazy air filled chaos. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I, I love that you, those three projects are what you mm-hmm. thought of, you know, and of course, obviously he has worked with the new black haters, but I do think it's sort of like this great distillation. Cause I mean, I, I even think the hatersness of it is this sort of, large swath that mm-hmm. then you can sort of dig into and sort of get these subtleties. But then if you pull back, there's just this sort of massive swath. We do have input from Andrew Chalk about what inspires him to create music. Um, and he said, for my own recent recordings, like East of the Sun, I'm inspired by harmonious sounds built up as an overall texture, which is both simple and complex to the listener. I also enjoy creating a mood in music that's quite dreamy and relaxing with repeating moments used as part of the music. And again, this is a different style, but all of those descriptions work with this release as well. Totally. Yeah. He's, you know, he's simple yet dense. Like that is this. It's on the surface can sound very simple and when you start paying attention there are so many different things going on and so much to sort of dissect within it and it's it's wondrous and again like i find it very inspiring i find the whole thing 
really just one of those records that like if you if you're having a bad day and you're not in the mood to make some some noise put this on and it'll immediately cast you in the right direction because you'll just how can you not want to try to make something as as ecstatic as this and and phase three the the fourth track the way more room sound and acoustic junk on this one almost sort of a absolutely that was the rickety card yeah, yeah, for me. Yeah, pushing absolutely. It up the mountain. And I was, I was, I said, clo- I was closed in a room, just shifting the junk around and shifting around the room. That was exactly <laughs> where I was at. Yeah, I, I hear ceramic and metal and wood and rattling or tapping on things. This one's way more present. This one feels more. The human hand is a little more involved in the recording. And one of the things that I I was noticing by this point in the record too, is this is harsh. This is without distortion. Any distortion is from Mm -hmm. overload saturation, uh, playing something back too loudly. There's not a distortion pedal. It doesn't have the crunch of a death metal pedal on it or a big muff or something. You know, this, this is when things are fuzzy, it's, it's actual circuits being pushed here. It's analog misery and decay and it counts for a lot of the tone of this album is that these sounds aren't distorted they're mutated they're played faster louder slower recorded too close and so there's you know clipping and mic distortion uh using cheap mics cheap tapes all that stuff lends this air to this thing that you you can't replicate with a pedal and it takes everything and turns it into its own little universe of sound, I think. And he even says in that interview, that's, you know, pretty much what he would use, you know, a cheap microphone, mm-hmm. and, you know, it just, it has that texture and it has that feel and it just, yeah, it just creates this, this whole world. And then when we get to phase four, this, the bottom sort of gets taken out and the tape starts to malfunction. This is really when you can yes. hear the 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 machine you know you can really hear it on this one the first words in my notes are machine were for this track because you do you hear a strained tape and again the highs move to the right again on this one and this is this is just the the junk heap you know there's there's even like a dropout in it yeah uh, the more the kind of dampening f- is what I call it. Like it gets, it's like dampened yeah. for one oh, moment, yeah. like when you hit a damper pedal and it's just like, Oh, it's so, it feels so good. And then when it comes back, Oh, there's awesome. sort of this flutter to it that's going on. And here, you know, we actually do get maybe the reveal of some of the instrumentation because I would be damned if some of this sort of circular crumble is not uh, a turntable in play i would i would have to say that there's a couple points where it's just that especially the fade out it's and it's just that great classic sound Mm -hmm. that you're just like yeah Mm -hmm. i i know what it is but man you know what i love it i know what's pushing it i love it so good yeah ever since you know we talked about that on that zone nord episode for the pure cd roof around a the my earliest experiments with a turntable we're trying to make noise like that like well not earliest of course because we all mess with a turntable when we're a kid figuring out how the hell it works but as a trying to make noise that was some of the the beginnings for me and even still like i have a turntable that is just reserved for making noise it's a cheap thrift store thing someone gave me 
and it just does. I have pretty much always had one. I think since like the early 2000s, I've had a turntable for noise making. I don't use it often or on everything, but it's one of those things I think is kind of important to have because of stuff like this. Like you hear it and yeah, it gives this great cyclic nastiness to it, but it also, especially with processing can sound so strange and so foreign and so weird here. It's a little more clear, but there's also all of this great, just this one. It really gets kind of crumbly and yes, decayed and falling apart. And I'm not sure if that's just overload or what, but this, you know, this is a perfect way to end the a side and th- it does have a big, it kind of a big end. It kind of it does drops mm-hmm. down and then it crescendos again for a nice ending. And also the longest track on the side at six and a half minutes, you know, the other stuff's all floating around the three and a half minute mark. And yeah, I, perfect a side. I mean, just a perfect a side. I, I totally agree. And I, I really love the, I love that sort of noise growl that happens before the final mm-hmm. sort of yes. climax. I, I just love that so much. And this is very, to me, I, 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 we had to turn the lights down because it, to me, this whole thing is, is nighttime and I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the, like the squeak reminds me of crickets or if it just feels like something that's so isolated and solo, but it just feels like, dusk and nighttime and the the whole album never evoked these crazy strong visuals where I'm like I'm in a I'm in a forest I'm in the woods I'm I'm underwater I'm in these places it's it's not like that contagious orgasm thing where we are all on the same like rickety submarine it was it's so much more of an abstract feeling. I think, I think feeling is what you get. I think that's why it's so inspiring to like create something because you're just kind of like within yourself experiencing the sound as an object, not, not being taken to a place and not placing it as a bird and not saying it's one specific thing. You get to really just be with there with the sound and it's cool. That's captured perfectly by the album art, which is also done by Andrew Chalk for the, the LP and the CD issues is this sort of, I don't know, oil, textural, print, smear thing. I, I'm not sure what it is or how he does it. It it's it could be, you know, paper against a piece of metal that's rusting, or I, I have absolutely no idea what is going on with this, but it's similar to some of the stuff you'll see in like mirror albums as well. And it's evocative and abstract and gives absolutely nothing away. And it, it looks like dirty dishwater or uh, a piece of stained paper or the sand from, you know, from above the earth or like, there's no, there's no simple answer to what it is. And I, I really like the cover and I think that it fits sort of what you're saying, Tara, very well for the abstraction. It doesn't paint you a picture. It doesn't have a collage. It doesn't have, a forest on it. It doesn't have this. It has nothing to grab a hold of. And it, it's a perfect pairing. And mm-hmm. I know it. It's the, the strangest thing is that the, the artwork is very sort of nondescript. And I know it when it's in my collection. I know the record as soon as I see it. There's no need to guess what it is. I see, I see that cover and I know that it's very ill confined, the full use of nothing. And I think sonically you could pick it out too. It's it's, oh, it's yeah. quite distinct. Now, Ferial, 
It's not your everyday word. Oh. Tara, would you like to enlighten us about the word feral? It's it's basically every day but the Sabbath. <laughs> every day but a feast day, a right? Feast In the day. Roman Catholic exactly. Uh, exactly. Uh, tradition. So you know non holy days. That's right. Yes, exactly. You know, so today would be one of those days, except I don't know, we're listening to this. It feels like we're having a feast. We're having a feast of sound. Uh, and you know, I gotta say another one, you know, Hey, a lot of great names, a lot of great art band project names, band names, and the people behind them end up kind of dropping them going on to use their own name. I understand, but very old confine would be one of those names that I just, I sad I love to it. see it go. It's sad so to good. see it go, but you know what <laughs> it gives you that, you know what it's, makes for sort of a perfect discography because there's only the handful of tapes under the name. So yeah. Ended in 86. Right. So it was just barely active. And then he sort of moved on to other things. And also this album title, I've always been enamored with the full use of nothing. It's just, again, it's so good saying so much yet giving away nothing, giving away no clues. It's, it's, to me, also sort of anti-art in that blockaders way. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. And I mean, speaking of the full use of nothing, hey, the title track. Wow. That's my favorite. It's so good. <laughs> this track, the first thing I'm thinking of with its strange buzzing and this, the junk orchestra is in full effect. And and I'm taken to uh, Christoph Penderecki's 1960 Threnody for the Victims of Hiroshima, which is one of the mm-hmm. most brutal pieces of classical music I've ever heard. Sad, somber, tense, uh, weeping strings. And this is the noise version of that to me. Like it, ha- it carries that same energy, that sort of circular haunting and that sawing feedback. It, it just, it takes me to that place immediately. And there's also, this is something I love, and and we haven't talked about Halfler Trio yet, but one of my favorite Halfler Trio has this this buzzing electric wire, like a downed power cable sound on it, and this has this like buzzing wire in the room, this live wire, wherever this was taking place, and it's it's sort of terrifying. Oh, this has a haunting, tense, terrifying feeling to it. Okay, so... It took me to this crazy place. Like initially it's like, it's like listening to a room full of bug zappers and then you kind of get a, a, a muffled violin trying to play itself. But the feeling I was like, this track is making me feel kind of anxious and weird. And what yes. is that feeling? Yes. And, and I was like, you know what it's like? This track feels like when something happens and then you have to deal with it and you don't want to like, for example, once Mike and I were sitting in bed and I wanted to eat a pink cupcake and I went to open the pink cupcake with my teeth and guess what? It broke my tooth in half. And then I was like, shit, I just wanted to you, sit here. You went to open the, the, the plastic covering. With my teeth and my tooth cracked in half and fell out of my mouth. And I was, it was like my front tooth and it looked ridiculous. Do you remember this, Craig? It looked stupid. I, I so, don't, but you know what I've learned over the past year and a half? 
Don't open don't, things with your mouth. I know. Don't do well, it. you know what? I learned that that but you know, it's things like that where where you're like, did that really just happen? And it's kind of slow motion and you're like and you have to take a like a check and you're like, Am I dreaming? Yes. Did this really just happen? Just like when we were hit by a car yet again. You know, uh, it's like, oh, God, do I have to deal with this now? I don't want to deal with this. Didn't plan on dealing with this. I don't want to. I choose not to. It's it's like that level of feeling uh, during this track, which doesn't sound like it would be pleasant, uh, but it is. And that I think we all have those things that we just encounter in life and you just do not want to deal with them. But you absolutely have to. This one here, I find that the there's also, you know, I mentioned on phase three that it feel, felt more present and the human hand was more evident. And this one, I'm not sure it's hands, but I hear like somatic movement. I hear a body in this space. I hear someone, there's, there's some flexed metal, you know, like a saw or a piece of sheet metal that's been bent and back into place. And that's singing a little bit. There's rubbing, there's uh, wood, steel, just some sort of clatter. And, it, you know, this is the longest track. This is 11 and a half minutes. And the pace is just, if it was mid pace before, we are at molasses like speed now. <laughs> this thing is slow and empty, but also just full of sound. It's brimming over with sound. There's no shortage of things to listen to. It's not minimal it's just so languid yeah i wanted to describe it so i just the best way i could think to describe it is it's this it's a metal boat at night on water with cue sticks rolling around in it and an am radio playing in the distance i mean hey that sounds like a perfect place to be in a perfect setting for this track and man the way this whole thing ends is a real uh, I, I don't even know again yeah it is almost hard to put into words because it is just so it, it's it's perfect yeah the we get piano right Ugh. and it just adds. It's just what a what a what a strange new element to bring yeah, in. All of a sudden, at the, you at get piano. What a strange new element to bring in at the end. Yeah, it's again. I get uh, the piano lends to a sense of a physical space with this piece, yeah. but then there's mm-hmm. also and and I know I've mentioned sort of like a sawing rhythm, but here it actually sounds like someone is sawing on a piece of metal with a hacksaw or something, and. To, the the atmosphere just sort of slowly reveals itself in this low muted it's not a grunting because it's not a voice but like a rustling kind of going on and there's just this fuzz and crackle on this that is sort of not present on the other pieces maybe you get a little bit of it on phase four but it's a little heavier here, the actual sort of breakup and distortion. And I think when you said, uh, you know, AM radio or shortwave radio, that some of that vibe is definitely present on this too. And this, uh, this track actually, because of the piano reminded me of some of Josh Peterson's work who you've been mentioning mm-hmm. in your mm-hmm. recent listening. Yeah. Bunch. Yeah. 
the, the, the piano and the tape atmosphere that's just a sort of capturing a room feel of it and it, it's somewhat voyeuristic but it's also strangely off-putting and also this sort of even the way this track ends it it in weirdly sort of foretells some of his work that will kind of start more in the 90s more of the direct ambient mm-hmm. stuff this almost like the way this track sort of ends is almost like what he will end up going on to really focus on in the coming years. And I thought that was really interesting. And again, this is 85. This is still really early. He doesn't really move on to that sort of era until a little bit later. But so that, that obscured beauty yeah. that you experience where you just see like hints of it. And then it, it, it gets drowned out again by, you know, the ambient, um, darkness or, or, or whatever you like, but so much mood yeah. in this last try. I mean, what, what a way. And, and even I, I felt like the, the final track had kind of a, a physical body feeling like there was like panting, like exertion, like dragging yes. a log, you know, it's not like, it's not undoable. It's not grunting, but it's certainly, Exertion. Exactly. Yes. That that sort of rustling kind of there's an energy to it that is not sort of an electronic thing. And I think we see that on the previous track, too, of this sort of there's a physical energy to it that is hard to pinpoint and describe because it doesn't bear the telltale marks. But it's it's there. It's undeniable. It really Mm -hmm. is. And I mean, what a way to end this incredible album and i think what a what a slice of noise in the 80s you know and yeah. i think it's 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 you know i i think you know last week you know Tara and i did you know hermit and third organ which is such a such a unique slice of 90s noise and what where 90s noise can go in mm-hmm. unexpected ways. This is sort of like where 80s noise can go in ex- unexpected ways. Yeah. And, you know, especially, you know, obviously being on Broken Flag and, you, but then sort of, it's just that openness, right? It's just that thing where there wasn't, the lines weren't drawn. This, a, a project like this could be, you know, next to, you know, Ramla yeah, each or something niche like that, hadn't been you know? labeled. Everybody hadn't been like put into little boxes yet. So then you get something like this, which is, is so uh, surprising and inspiring. Yeah. And hey, anybody who has an original, please, <laughs> seriously, though, send us a, uh, send us a picture. Show us what it looks uh, yeah, yeah, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> that would be awesome. But we, so we would really love to see this. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I think. Uh, you know, I'm super curious is what it, what it looks like. And Hey, maybe, maybe these, it's even like even more minimal than the art that's already on it. Who My knows? God, can you imagine getting this tape and not knowing what it was? It'd be oh, so thrilling. Cool. Oh. You know, we talk about a lot of really stellar records doing this podcast, uh, both in recent listening, just fantastic yeah. stuff. And you know, the things that we spotlight by doing an episode about them. I don't know that I've done this before, but I'm going to say it right now. To me, this this record is mandatory. If you listen to noise, you have to listen to it. It's, I don't know. Even if you don't like it, you have to have heard it. I, I think it's just, uh, 
one of those records that has stuck with me for a long time and playing it today. I love it even more than I have for the past 20 some years and can only imagine having heard this in 1985. I love that Gray put the stamp of mandatory, just like, yeah, it is official. I can get behind that. I will get, I'm behind it. I it's sorry. It's just a brutally inspiring and, interesting and intricate and delicate yet brutal work of sound and what else what else are we here to talk about you know this is this is great there's there's really not uh, not many other things in the world that i care to talk about and honestly if over on the patreon you find out about the couple other things we like to talk about (laughs) and other than that that's about it so hey Pick up the reissue CD, pick up the Fuse Tron LP, or if you're lucky enough, you know, go digging, go in that archaeological noise dig and find an original tape. Send us a picture. But however find you two do and it. Send us one, you know. Yeah, I mean, hey, you know, oh, that's, we're okay. good with that. We are good with that. <laughs> but however you do it, dig this one up. You will not be disappointed. Hey, Gray put the stamp hey, of mandatory. It's mandatory, on it. so Gray you got no it. choice. That makes it official. <laughs> Well, it's a requirement. That's right. Well, Ferial Confine, Andrew Chalk, thank you so much for providing us with this album and all your music. Thank you. You've been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 17 years, by Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at noise extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to noise.